I'm going to talk to you today about a book that I wrote entitled Silent Night, Holy War. I'm not talking about an Islamic jihad. I'm talking about the night that Jesus was born. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah, who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susak. Let me begin today by wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas. My wife joins me along with my staff, my board of directors, my entire team. The guys down in North Carolina that produced this program, all the team, want to say to you, Merry, Merry Christmas. Have a blessed time. I want to talk to you today about a book that I wrote entitled Silent Night, Holy War. I know that's an unusual title. It's a grabber, but it's literal. I want to give you the biblical basis for this. I, I have to tell you that for years, I found myself getting mildly depressed at Christmas. What, why? Beautiful music, lights, stores, shopping, friends, good eating, all kinds of things. Well, something was radically missing for me. And I found out what it was. One day, as I was praying, it was, it was, we were coming upon Christmas. And I was praying, God, show me something. Why do I have this reservation going on inside of me of what's going on around me? And that is when, sitting in my study, I read Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Who would dream of the Christmas story in Revelation chapter 12? But it is, and I want to read for you the text that became the foundation of the book that I want to talk to you about today. It's in Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 to 5, and it reads this way. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept the third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman, who was about to give birth, so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. Pause there. Wow! Did you you see that? That's talking about the night of Jesus' birth. Now, remember how the book of Revelation came into existence. John was isolated on the Isle of Patmos, 
And uh, there he was, in a sense, in an open prison situation. And he's in a dank, musky cell, I'm sure, with under guards. Why? Because he was preaching the gospel, and the gospel has always been hated by hell. And Satan will stir up anyone who will agree with him against the gospel, the good news of God's redemption and salvation. Well, suddenly, John found himself swept into the heavenly realms. And there, Jesus Christ did a most remarkable thing. Not only gave him messages for the seven churches in the first three chapters, but beginning with chapter 4 and onward, Jesus gives John in the spirit and in the heavenly realms a kaleidoscopic view of the world beginning to end. And in chapter 12, he comes to the night he was born and gives us an insight that is not found hardly in any of our music. I've never seen it in a Christmas play. I've never known it to be written about. I've never seen it in a Christmas movie. I would love to see a movie done on this book, Silent Night, Holy War. Why would there be a holy war on the night of Jesus' birth? Why do I call it Silent Night? I call it Silent Night. We sing that song, Silent Night, Holy Night. And I sing that, I use that concept in the title because Silent Night, the world had no idea what was going on when Jesus was born. <laughs> the innkeeper didn't get it. Shepherds were shocked when the angel appeared and, or the angels and told them what had taken place and they were amazed and the world was asleep as Mary gave birth to Jesus. So, a silent night, there was a calmness, of course. There may have been some wars going on here or there, but there was a basic calmness and a silent night. But on that night, there was a holy war, not a physical war between nations, not physical war against Mary and Joseph, but a war between heaven and hell. I believe it was the most violent war ever to take place. Why? Well, if you are the devil, the dragon, and you're going to defeat God, you better try to nail his son while in infant form, quite physically helpless. And so we have, I, I'm, I'm not making this up, this is not my imagination, well, I just read for you the text in Revelation 12, that the dragon sought to devour the child the moment he was born, and it must be talking about Jesus because it says he will rule the nations. That's Jesus, the Savior and Messiah, Redeemer of the world. So we're not making this up, friends. I know this is a little bit of new thinking for probably almost everyone hearing me right now. But I'm telling you, I, I'm not, I, I didn't write this book to be technical. I didn't write it to the scholars. I didn't write it to the theologians. I wrote it to you. I wrote it to me. I, I was really writing it maybe to myself to understand what was troubling me, what was missing in my thinking about Christmas.
I, I'm going to ask Dan to share with you what I'm asking you to do. As we come to the end of this year, we really do need your help to stand with us as a partner in this ministry. And I'm going to ask you to give a special gift. Dan will tell you about that. And in return, I want to give you two things as my thank you gift. One is a copy of this book, Silent Night, Holy War. And the other is an album of my wife singing Christmas music. Now, by the way, I should tell you before Dan comes to share with you, this book, by the grace of God and to my amazement, won first place gold worldwide in the Ippy Awards. Now, that amazed me because the Ippy Awards is not a Christian event at all. But it won first place gold in the religion division of the Ippy Awards. And that was a great honor, a great privilege. I went to New York City with my wife and some friends to receive that uh, award. And that, that was so appreciated. But also, my wife, many of you may not know, a graduate of Peabody Conservatory of Music many years ago, went on to win two medals herself and 11 albums later, one of them being this Christmas album that I would like to give to you as a thank you gift for you standing with this ministry. Dan, share with them how to receive this gift. Dr. Ron's wife, Diane, is held in high esteem as one of America's finest gospel artists. Now she brightens our Christmas experience on her album, Candlelight Carols. Dr. Ron's book, Silent Night, Holy War, won first place gold in the Ippy Global Awards. While carefully following the biblical account, Dr. Ron brings to life the people surrounding the birth of Christ you'll feel as though you're witnessing the events of our Savior's birth in person. Now, as a way of saying thank you for standing with us in our ministry, we'd like to send you a copy of Diane's Sacred Album and Dr. Ron's book, Silent Night, Holy War, when you partner with us by way of a gift of $50. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Now, when we look at the birth of Jesus and we look at Silent, Silent Night, Holy War, I want to take you on a little mental venture. I, I, I call this book faction. What do I mean by that? Well, we know what fiction is. Fiction is when I just write something out of my imagination. And it's not based on any reality necessarily. This book is built upon solid facts, but again, I told you, I didn't want to get academic with this book. I simply wanted to tell the story. And so all I did in the realm of fa fiction was to build some flesh around the structure, around the skeleton. The skeleton is all rooted in biblical fact. So we're not going on some imaginary flight. We just flesh it out by trying to give some idea of what it really looked like on that night. And I hope that by the Holy Spirit, God aided me in being quite accurate. But let's begin. 
What was it like for Gabriel, that great angel who comes with all the great announcements to earth, fights the mightiest battles along with Michael the archangel? What what was it like for him to step before the throne of God, kneel down before his creator, and have his creator say to him, Go and tell Mary, she will give birth to a son. And Gabriel would have known what this is about. And the banks of angels, there must have been a holy gasp. The moment had come. What the Bible calls the fullness of time had come. And Jesus was... God was not sending Jesus into the world because the world setting was just right for him. No, God invades when it's his time. And the fullness of time had come, and God was sending Gabriel with the message. Now, just let your mind think of it, and we talk about this in the book in the opening chapter of Gabriel stepping back from the throne, realizing the magnanimity of this tremendous message he's about to bring to earth everything our forefathers longed for from the fall of Adam till now. Suddenly, it's about to be announced that this is the time, the fullness of time has come. Can you picture Gabriel coming down through the galaxies? My word. What what a scene that must be. And I have him in the book passing a, a star that, that is shooting. It's a flame and it's shooting toward earth. What was that star? Well, he probably passed the star that God was sending to guide the shepherds, the Assyrian shepherds, who would come and honor the child. Then imagine the setting. Where Gabriel is meeting with Mary. I have her at the, the well, and I've been to Jerusalem and Israel 15 times, and one time for a 30 day private study and rest. And I stayed in Nazareth, the boyhood town of Jesus, and uh, the place where he grew up after his birth in Bethlehem, went to Egypt, then came to Nazareth. And I was staying in Nazareth, and that was a great experience, a a life-changing experience for me, actually, in many ways. And while I was there, I can still remember looking from my hotel. I could see in the far distance the Armageddon battlefield where the final battle on earth will be fought and won by the power of Jesus Christ. But I walked up and down the hills of Nazareth. They are very steep. It's like a funnel. And I was way up here on the one rim of the funnel. Then you go way, way down. I mean, when you walk down that hill, when you come to a a uh, a, a curve in the path, it's almost a bank. And um, Mary would have to go down into the center of that town, along with other people, to get her water. It may have been there that she encountered Gabriel. Gabriel would have had to have set the scene. Can you imagine? Gabriel (laughs) appearing to this young gal and declaring to her, the Holy Spirit 
will conceive in you. He will speak the word. God creates by speaking. He will speak the word and you will be with child and he will be named Emmanuel. And and he's telling her this. Mary, her heart must have been racing. Friends, get real about this. She was no different than you and me. She was human. And here she is being confronted by Gabriel. I am sure her mind was just awestruck. And then she said, she made a choice. Remember now, she was human. She could have said, no, not me. Moses said, I'm not the right person. God said, yes, you are. Mary did not have to take this assignment. Many people have missed assignments from God because they walked out on the calling. Tragic thing. Very, very sad. She said to Gabriel, So shall it be as you have said. I accept the calling. I will bear the Savior and Messiah, and bring him into the world. Oh, I, I, I don't know if it really can begin to grip us, what that meant. I'm try, I try to flesh that out very strongly, very clearly in this book. And then, look at the reality of it, of the whole scene. She goes home, and she's got to tell her parents. (laughs) Would you believe it if your daughter came home and said, an angel said this to me? You'd say, what drugs are you on? What's wrong with you? No. Mary was in the context of a Jewish tradition knowing a Messiah was going to come. And I have a scene in the book of Mary Telling her family, oh, wow, what, what an incredible thing that was for Mary to tell her family. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Dr. Ron's wife, Diane, is held in high esteem as one of America's finest gospel artists. Now she brightens our Christmas experience on her album, Candlelight Carols. Dr. Ron's book, Silent Night, Holy War, won first place gold in the Ippy Global Awards. While carefully following the biblical account, Dr. Ron brings to life the people surrounding the birth of Christ. You'll feel as though you're witnessing the events of our Savior's birth in person. Now as a way of saying thank you for standing with us in our ministry, We'd like to send you a copy of Diane's sacred album and Dr. Ron's book, Silent Night, Holy War, when you partner with us by way of a gift of $50. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Oh, I'll tell you, I really hope that God will warm your heart this Christmas and and encourage you to stand with us. My goal in this ministry is uh, very simple. Jesus did not commission us 
to, to, to teach great heavy-duty theology around the world. He said, preach the gospel. I love heavy theology. I, I've studied it all of my life. But I've got to park it over here because I want to talk to you about what really ultimately matters. And that is what happened at Bethlehem and then at Calvary. Jesus was born into this world. And he came as the Son of God to become the Son of Man. Son of God, he was like the Father in spirit. Son of Man, he now entered a human body that he might experience everything we experience by way of temptation, testing, trials. There is no thing you have ever gone through or ever will go through in this lifetime greater or even close to what Jesus went through. He went through everything, every testing that everyone has ever faced. Why? He had to identify totally with you and me. And then the Bible tags that by saying, yet without sin. He never caved in. You and I have on occasion caved in. We gave way to temper, as Moses did. When he got so disgusted with Israel, he gave way to his temper, and rather than honoring God by his faith, he smashed the rock himself and drew water, and because of that, he didn't enter the promised land. Why? Because God said, you broke faith with me. The only way you and I can please God is by faith. It's the only way. That's our relationship with God. Our relationship with one another is more physical. We see each other. We hear each other. We can touch each other. But you'll never see or hear God other than the quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit in your spirit when you take the time to get quiet and still in the Word of God and listen, and God begins to open up the meaning of the truth to you. Ah, that is when you're hearing from God and God is directing you. But we have all fallen from that on occasions, and we got hard-hearted, and we went our own way. Jesus never did it once. He stayed absolutely true to his father the same way. He never broke faith with his father. He had to live life. He, he is the author and finisher of our what? Faith. He had to live his life by faith the same as you and me. It was not like he was on earth and uh, he could look up at the father and say, wink, wink, you know, I, I, you, you and I got this. No. He had to enter as the Son of Man, be born in human form, go through all of our trials and testings and temptations by faith. That's why he rebuked his disciples so firmly on more than one occasion. Oh, you of little faith. Mary had to be a woman of faith. She had to believe that this was actually Gabriel, We're not a demon that was telling her, you're going to give birth to a son. It was not 
and a hallucination. She really had an encounter. And now she goes to prepare to have this child. And can you imagine Joseph when he learns that his precious Mary, whom he now loved dearly, was with child? Naturally, he looked at it humanly and was convinced she had had an affair. She had cheated on him. And in this book, oh, I want you to see this scene as I try to graphically show what he must have gone through. Because remember, he was going to put her away. I wanted to show the agony of his soul to think that the woman he loved betrayed him. Oh, it's a scene that'll grip your entire being. And it'll make Mary and Joseph much more real in your thinking and in your understanding. I so want you to have this book. I, if I could give it to you, I would. But you understand how life works in this world. We do need your help. We really do need your help. Because this program is being carried, as I mentioned to you, around the world. It's being seen on television stations and and streaming flows and podcasts are, are running it. And uh, they, they tell me in this TV industry that I'm rather new to that uh, they've never seen anything spread so fast on so many, so many different stations and platforms are wanting the program. That, we're thrilled about that. We think that God is putting this together for his purposes. And that's why we are so disciplined to be true to the gospel. Above all things, because we are coming close to the end of time. Well, we need your help, and I know you understand that. And a thank you gift is, will be this copy of Silent Night, Holy War, so that you can read it and absorb it and think about it, along with this album by my wife, Diane, called Candlelight Carols. Well, my friend... I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be talking to you about this book, Silent Night, Holy War, and sharing with you my wife's music. I hope that you'll plan to stand with me throughout the coming year. And uh, in the next program, I'm going to talk to you a little further about some of the scenes that are unfolding in the book. I hope you'll be with me next week. But again, I'm dressed like this today because it's Christmas. And I want to say to you again, along with my wife and staff and board and support team, fabulous people, Merry Christmas, and always remember what Emmanuel means. God is with you. We're certain you appreciate Dr. Ron's straightforward teaching of God's Word, along with his strong invitation to find salvation through Christ, but he needs your help in spreading the gospel to the far reaches of the world through FaithWalk. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Now, as a way of saying thank you for standing with us in our ministry, we'd like to send you a copy of Diane's Sacred Album and Dr. Ron's book, Silent Night, Holy War, when you partner with us by way of a gift of $50. Well, thanks for being with us today. And we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our faith walk.